Okay. Welcome. My name is Law Waitan, and you've joined me and my special guest on the show, Your Money and Your Mindset. I'm the host of that show. It's a fabulous show because we explore all aspects of making money. And come on, folks, it's not just about the money. It is about having the good health to enjoy the money that you make, the wealth that you create, and also to be able to share it with the people you love. And that means having strong relationships, okay? And if you're being skeptical about this, don't, because it is possible to have it all. It's not uh, mutually exclusive. So my special guest today is Kirsty Greenshields, the author of a new book called Money, sorry, Women, Money and Intimacy. Um, these are sort of very emotive words that we hear, intimacy and money. Is it possible to have both, especially if you're a woman? So this book speaks very honestly about one woman's personal discovery of basically becoming comfortable with receiving love and money simultaneously, uh, of finding the inner strength uh, by allowing herself to be, to trust and to be open and to be vulnerable uh, and ultimately to be comfortable in her own skin. Okay, So Kirsty's background can only be described as eclectic and but all-encompassing. So she started life as a uh, army intelligence officer okay, to the ADF and then um, she had some health challenges that uh, caused her to turn to a different path to become a healer, but also a master NLP practitioner, a success coach, and now a newly minted author of this wonderful book, Women, Money, and Intimacy, which I've read. It is fantastic. Uh, I think you should read it too. So this is not just a book about another woman's experience uh, with intimacy and money and learning to receive all that, but uh, Kirsty has included in there practical instructions really, it's in how to do, um, in that book where you, the reader, when you buy the book, you can follow, and if you choose to, these are a series of very powerful steps where it will teach you to lose the emotional baggage, you know, and, and, and the sort of emotional charge that most people have, subconsciously though, around playing small, of um, being feeling guilty, uh, of being, of receiving money, of having money. So this book is about you at the end of the day, rather than staying in the background and playing small, you discover your magnificence because it helps you rediscover your courage, your identity, and basically your life that you were meant to lead on this earth. And it's a fulfilling life that has health, wealth, and happiness in it. So without further ado, hello, Kirsty Greenshields. How are you today? Hello, Norway. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so excited about that book. Like I said, I read that and uh, it was, can I just say, it's it's just inspiring and it's raw and honest and uh, I, I applaud you for having the courage to put it down on paper because these are very private uh, moments that you had that you share, which I know a lot of people will identify and resonate with. But, okay, we're getting ahead. Before that, I'll just tell, tell the guests here, uh, sorry, tell everyone watching here, well, who, who you are, I've given them a bit of a snippet, but can you just fill us in a bit more about yourself? Okay, so a little bit about me, I'm the eldest of three girls, I grew up in a family uh, from the age of 10, it was just me and my mum and my two sisters. I joined the army when I was 19, I got married when I was 22, I 
broke my ankle, which was a huge turning point for me. Um, and there's a there's a big section on it in the book because it was a big wake up call for me to change my life. And as a result of breaking my ankle uh, when I was 23, I was divorced by the time I was 25. So I was separated at 24. Divorced by the time I was 25. I was diagnosed with depression at 27 which was another wake-up call for me and also the catalyst for me to decide that it was time for me to leave the army and to do something different. And after that I studied to be a naturopath and for the last 10 years I've been working in that field and learning. I studied first as a nutrition and herbal medicine and I started practicing in that field and massage and learning more about the body and then that took me naturally on a path to learn more about consciousness and our emotions and how our thoughts and all of that stuff that we can't see affects our health and our well-being and the rest of our life. And one thing that I wanted to mention in your introduction was you talked about money and intimacy and it's part of the reason why I wrote the book but I just wanted to say on that that we do often compartmentalize our lives so people will say to me you know I don't have an issue with intimacy but I do I just never seem to have enough money and we do tend to compartmentalize and that was another reason why I wrote the book was because I also had those issues and I wanted to explore them and that's where everything came from as a result of that journey if you like. Mm. Very interesting. Now, folks, uh, we're just going to backtrack a second. You know, Kirsty, you heard mention said she broke her ankle. It's just in passing. Well, it's not. She broke her ankle jumping out of an aeroplane <laughs> <laughs> as part of a training in the Australian Defence Forces. Uh, it, it had to do with a parachute jump. So, just to be clear, she didn't just you know step out of a car, you know, stub her toe and and, and, and break her ankle. It was something quite significant. And so, you know, all kudos to you for somebody who's got the 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 guts to jump out of a plane with nothing but this flimsy piece of silk that you trust will get you down. <laughs> so uh, I love that aspect because you said you broke your ankle, which is a metaphor for you know something was broken and you had to get it fixed kind of a thing. Because I believe in life, we, we don't just sort of stumble into things uh, as, as such. At some subconscious level, your body or your mind is trying to say, "Look, there's, there's there are things that we need to to sort out." You know, and I believe too, like you say, you listen to your body, and you get a lot of information, and it's up to you then to uh, take the steps to to remedy that. And this is where a lot of people get stuck. So your book is actually aimed at um, getting people to reconcile intimacy and money. So can you just just kind of um, elaborate more on that because it's an intriguing title and it's one that I think a lot of people like you say struggle with in terms of it, they think it's either or you can't have both. Mm. It's a good question because it was a question that I asked myself for a long time. Um, I always knew that when I was writing this book of the title, the title came was the very first thing that came to me and I for a long time I didn't understand why. and. What I know now is the reason that it was called that title was for that exact reason, was for me to understand and to learn that we can have it all and it doesn't have to be compartmentalized. But the reason I wrote the book, the, the catalyst to get me to actually write the book was when I started to learn more about this concept of we create our own reality and what does that really mean, 
I started to ask myself the question, if I create my own reality, why did I create a situation where my husband almost died in my life but didn't? What was it in me and my decision-making ability and my ability to create that created this situation of death or of looking death straight in the face. Does that make sense? Mm. So we have, it's almost like the ripple effect. If you drop a, a pebble in the pond, it just, it goes on and on. It's not just a one second event. Now, just to be clear, you're, you're talking about, uh, you're, you're, you're currently remarried, yes, to a hunk of spunk, and you have two yeah. lovely kids, yes, and you're talking yeah. about your, yes, your husband who was uh, serving in Iraq, yes? That's right, yeah. In 2007, uh, he was serving in Iraq and he was his vehicle was hit by a roadside bomb. And the book actually starts with that story and the excerpt that you can download from the website has the beginning of that story in it as well. And the that was the question that really drew, that drove the book. And as a result of asking that question, it then took me back in time about the decisions I've made about men in my life and my my relationship with men, starting from my dad because he's the first the man that I ever loved and going back through those and looking at the similarities and the decisions I'd made about myself in relationship which then correlates with self-worth which then comes across to how we perceive abundance in our life. Wow, that's a mouthful and that, that could take a lifetime to, to kind of tease out, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it took me two years to really write the book. It was it was very, as you said, it's quite a raw account, and and it did take a lot for me to put that out there. But it did take me two years to decide to finish writing it. Okay, and in doing so, do you find that this this uh, and also folks just watching and listening, this book is not just the story of, of somebody's life, which you might find okay, I've read it, it's inspiring. You actually give people very practical instructions as how to uh, pinpoint or uncover pivotal moments, and then okay, now that I know these are the decisions I made, this is what I can now do to uh, remedy the situation. How did you arrive at that yourself? Arrive at? Doing the questioning and, and being able to, in, in a sense, um, you know, work it out for yourself. Yeah. When we started our, when we started our journey of, of healing, um, we, we knew that we wanted to do it together. You know, um, there's, a, there's a whole lot of incidences. James suffered from post-traumatic stress. Uh, we were, I had a history of leaving marriages and um, so there was the possibility that it could happen again. Uh, so we knew that we wanted to be together and we knew that we wanted to heal together. So we decided to set down that path and we, we started to learn more about ourselves and we started down the personal development path if you like and that's really where I began to ask myself those deeply reflective questions and along the way I learned I learned those questions I then found other mentors that I that resonated with me and 
I read their work, I attended their workshops, I and I really in, I really wanted to integrate this stuff in my life because I knew that it was part of me and that's why I wrote the book as I did as well because I want people who read this book not just to read it and read another person's story and go yeah that's me and then know, not know what to do about it. I want them to read the book and then go and feel when they're feeling like well what do I do about this situation they then ask themselves a deeply reflective question which helps them to move out of that situation and change where they're at now. Okay, do, do you believe that you know people only arrive at that point when they 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 think I'm at the end of my tether, I'm you know I'm looking down the barrel, and it's it's either that or you know we might as well just call it a day, euphemistically, um, that that is the point, like a turning point where you think you got nothing to lose. Absolutely, it's it's almost a death, isn't it? When you think you've got nothing to lose, it's where do I go? Where do I go from here? And when we're at that point where we think we've got nothing to lose, that's when we're actually most open to the opportunities that can present themselves because we've got no idea where to go next. So we're not trying to orchestrate the next step, and that's when the real shifts happen. And it would be great, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to be at that point all the time and learn to listen more to our intuition and to trust more those opportunities that are being presented to us. And I, and I hope that's what, and, and that's what I want to come from the book as well is for, for women to learn that they can actually look at these situations in their lives and take them as opportunities because there's usually a pattern that's going on there in the things that happen to us in our lives. We see, yes. So it, coming from a background in an army background where you're told to, you know, just suck it up, princess, you know, kind of thing, and, and to be <laughs> strong and to be stoic, and then to turn around and, and explore aspects which are considered soft, vulnerable, touchy-feely. Was that a big shift for both you and James or did you just go, yep, whatever you got, just send it over here? Yeah, that's a really good question. It, it was a huge shift and I think it's a shift that takes, that does take time. You know, when you're in that army environment, it is very much, as you say, it is very much suck it up and harden up and take a good can of harden up or whatever that you know whatever those those sayings that are quite common and I talk about that how we put on our suit of armor and we go out into the public and we we don't let anyone in and the army environment was quite was very much like that and when I decided to leave the army and and become a naturopath it, it was a ma massive shift for me it helped James you know there were I, I left eight years before James did so really the, my journey helped James to feel more comfortable with it. In the early days a lot of the stuff I was learning about spirituality he'd just kind of look at me like there was something weird about me but he, but he was always quite interested in me and he would see the changes I was, was making in my life and he would go well maybe there is actually something in this. So it is a huge shift. Yeah, and also um, in a sense what I'm hearing is that for most of us we don't want to be vulnerable and asking for help 
first of all, is seen as weakness, a sign of weakness and not being able to tough it out, so to speak. So when did you arrive at the point where you said, look, just stuff it, I just need help and I'm willing to go out and explore the different um, modalities, like you said, you went, uh, you even went to, over to, to America to, to sit in with, um, is it one of Deepak Chopra's courses, right? Yeah. And, and that must have been sort of um, a mind-blowing rearranging of your, your whole paradigm type of situation. Can you just elaborate on that, please? Sure. In when I was studying naturopathy, when I was studying herbal medicine, I was in a bookshop book in Melbourne and this book jumped out at me which was Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace and she's since become one of the strongest mentors in my life and in 2005 I went and, her, went and heard her speak and she spoke about sacred contracts and archetypes and the emotional aspect of, of us as human beings and how important it is. And somewhere in there, I was pregnant with Abby, my first child, and somewhere in there a lot of that went in by osmosis and I started to take that in. The, the, turning, point, the turning point, as I said, was when James was basically we were on the verge of separation and we decided that both of us needed help. And so we went down that path together and we, we learned a lot then. But for me, I learned... I, I was a, I am I was a healer. I know that I was destined to be a healer, and I was very. I from, since 1997, I considered Deepak Chopra to be one of my greatest mentors as well. And so the opportunity came up in 2010 to go across to San Diego and to join Seduction of Spirit, which is seven day a seven day course at the Chopra Center, with Deepak teaching meditation and teaching aspects of of self realization i suppose so that was for me a huge a huge moment in my life and i met people during that during that course that i've stayed friends with and i know i will be friends with for the rest of my life because just in seven days we created such strong connections through getting to know ourselves and just throwing away any of that mask, throwing away the suit of armour and being ourselves and not hiding from the world anymore. Wow, that's, that's great. Uh, now the other thing also is that we're going to look at the money aspect now and the thing is that uh, with, with money some people get well, most people get very uh, funny, inverted commas, or uncomfortable talking about money, about making money. There isn't that that uh, entrepreneurial type spirit, especially in Australia. If you talk about money, you're seen as, as being up yourself. And there is a tall poppy syndrome that says, we want to cut you off at the knees if you get too successful, right? So how do you reconcile that, especially as a woman, right, being totally feminine, in your energy, but also saying, yeah, I'm very good at making money and I don't have to be a hard face, mm, that word, uh, and I don't have to wear, you know, power suits, padded, padded shoulders, and I still can go about my business and generate income and be very successful to the point where I've got lots of zeros in my bank account before it hits the decimal point, okay? So how do you reconcile that? Yeah, it's a good question because in the writing of the book and in, in actually finishing the book, one of my challenges was 
was this, what will people think of me if I appear too successful or I appear to have too much money? And I went and I, I did go through that because it's something that, the, especially in Australia, the tall poppy, what will people think of me? And overcoming that in and having a fear of success, a fear of failure, all being aware of all of those things is it is a challenge in the in the beginning so that is that's a really good question from that aspect and then also let's address that aspect that you're talking about about the you know the padded shoulders and things a woman who expresses herself and becomes too assertive in our society she is considered to be a bitch and uh, and i state that quite categorically in the in the book because if you show yourself to be too strong, then you're considered to be intimidating. So there's a real balance there that needs to be struck. And for me, when I was in an army uniform, it was I was afraid to be a woman and I was afraid to exercise femininity because that's a weakness. So how do I do that now? What I know is that all I can do is be myself and I can be my truth and I can say what I want and I can do what I want and I can constantly question the beliefs that have been piled upon me year after year after year by our society and by our tribe and I can constantly question them and ask whether they're right for me and if I can continue to do that and I can continue to resonate with everything that's happening in my life, be it money, relationship, whatever it is, as long as I resonate with what every single choice that I make in that moment, I will continue to be comfortable with creating wealth. All right. So what I hear is that, first of all, know thyself and be comfortable yeah. with yourself, love yourself. <laughs> and yes. be true to yourself to start with and it all starts with um, asking questions and being honest in your uh, responses isn't it because we, we people tend to lie to themselves and say you know it's okay everything's fine it's not and your the series of questions you got in there are sort of gently teasing out of, of, of the reader provided that they're you know serious about making a shift in their lives for the better that if they actually did that and applied what you, you say to do can can be a monumental shift in their lives in their relationships in their health in, in virtually every aspect of their lives so can you tell us where we can get your book now that you know we got you got us all interested in the book <laughs> sure you can uh, you can go to womenmoneyandintimacy.com right now That's it's one available word. as an ebook Yes, yep. womenmoneyandintimacy.com. Right now it's an ebook. It will be a printed version very soon. But if you want to buy the ebook right now, I think are you going to have a link available on your website yes. where people can go as well? Yes. So you can either go to either of those links. So womenmoneyandintimacy.com or click the link on your website and you'll be able to download the book. Right, and also if somebody then goes, okay, this is very interesting and I'd like to get a, a, to know Kirsty a lot better, how can they contact you? So there's a contact page on the website. They can contact me through there. There's also, um, I also, I do coaching 
online and in person. There's a lot of work that I do one-on-one -on -one and with groups. I've got a retreat coming up in September on Kingscliff Beach in northern New South Wales. So that's also on the website if women are interested in that. And basically they will walk a... It's for women because my book is called Women, Money and Intimacy. <laughs> women will walk away from that workshop, from the retreat, more in love more in love with themselves, more in love with their life, more in love with their career, their partners, whatever it is for them and they will see huge shifts. And one more thing I wanted to say about that is I understand, you know, you talked about the questions in the book, I understand that it is scary to change because what if we fail, what if we succeed, what if it doesn't work, what if nobody likes us anymore, what will people think of me, it is really scary and that's why it's important to ask the little questions and be honest with the little questions and get a track record of answering those honestly so that you can then prove to yourself that okay I can be honest with myself and it's it's okay, my world's not going to fall apart and then maybe have a bit more courage to take a larger step. Yeah, so that, that sort of uh, I think resonates with a lot of people who, like you say, put on the, a brave front but virtually uh, are feeling very isolated and very alone in themselves and they, they don't feel they can share their most vulnerable secrets, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Simply, like you say, you know, what will people think of me? They'll think I'm weak, they'll think I'm hopeless, they'll think I'm a bit of a fruitcake, whatever it is that, that comes up for them as, as their main thing. So can you just run us through, uh, just as a bit of a teaser, some of the questions you have in that book and which were sort of the most powerful questions you asked yourself that gave you those huge light bulb moments that caused the start of that shift for you and, and consequently got you to where you are today. Some of the most powerful questions in, in the book are the decisions I made myself made about myself as a little girl. Those decisions I made that resulted in me believing I wasn't import, as important as a man in my life, which stemmed from really a decision that was made around four years old because um, my dad didn't come to something that was at preschool. The, the beliefs that I formed, questions that ask me the beliefs that I have around my ability to accept love and receive love in my life, my ability to accept and receive money. So really when I, when I say that question, accept and receive money, it's about what does security look like for me? What what does security look like? Does it even involve money? And what is so important about money? Because in the book I talk about money as energy. Money and intention are both energy. They're just they're just different manifestations of the same energy. Uh, and you know that's something that we hear in that's something we hear in the personal development world. Money is energy. In the book, I explain that, and so the questions about that. So about my worth, about the decisions I made as a little girl, about how, why I would not let somebody in, and when was I prepared to release these beliefs? Because that's so important. When am I? When will I let go of this belief? 
that I have about myself that I am not important and that I can't make a difference. Wow. That's a biggie. Because a lot of people will run around with that idea um, motoring along underneath the radar and then wonder why they can't be successful at, in their careers or they can't maintain relationships uh, or you know let's, let's, let's give us a trifecta okay a woman who is uh, in a loveless marriage who has kids that don't talk to her anymore and who hates her job <laughs> yeah. when they go to your retreat can they lose all of that in one go and turn their lives around yes they can Great, it's I'm so glad you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they can. It, it's a decision and it's a, and when when we the work that I do explores so deeply the questions and the decisions that you made about yourself that a woman can walk away a completely different person to the person she was when she walked in 3 days ago. I know that because I've done it and I've also seen it myself. I don't ask anyone to do anything that I haven't done myself and I everything that I do is from my own experience and from the work that I've done with other women. And so yes, that's the short answer. She can. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, because a lot of people do go around um, feeling as though they're living half lives where it's nothing's optimal, it's just bearable and as a consequence of feeling unfulfilled at so many levels they, they self-medicate which means that it's either the booze, um, you know, the shopping, the chocolates, wh whatever it is that they're, you know, drug of choice and, and you yeah. find that when they come into your, your uh, workshop they have that with them like, you know, I gotta have a coffee, I gotta have a, a handful of chocolates or something or a glass of wine and then when they go do they actually lose that as well? Mm. Yes and they do in that moment and you probably know as well that the challenge is afterwards the challenge that that these women then have is dealing with it afterwards and so when I run a retreat I always speak to the women afterwards a number of weeks afterwards and we talk about and when I work with people I usually work with them over a period of time because the challenge is to integrate all of this stuff into our life because the, one of the biggest things I hear is well it's all good and well for me now but when I go back to my crazy life I just don't have time so how do I make time and when and in the book I talk about that as well how do you make time you know, I'm a mum, I've got two kids, I, I still find time every day to meditate and three times a week I do yoga and because it's important to me and it's important to me.